Revelation this morning, the book of Revelation chapter number 2. And I want to begin reading in the verse number 1. Revelation chapter 2 verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Word of God said, of course John on the Isle of Patmos is writing, said unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Verse 3, And hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. He says in verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. If I could this morning, I want to go back and look quickly at verse 4. And this is the thought God has given me this week in my study. The Bible said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. If God will help me for a little bit this morning, that's exactly what I want to preach on. Thou hast left thy first love. Pray with me and for me, please, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you humbly. One more time, God asking you, Lord, to use us and fill us with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I cannot preach on my own. God, I don't want to try uh, to, to tell uh, and to preach and to say what's in my heart without you. Lord, please use us this morning, God, for that one that may be lost. I pray, Lord, that you'd save them. That one, Lord, that's wandered far away. I pray, dear God, Holy Ghost, that you draw them back to you this morning. I pray, God, that you'd do a work in this place. God, we need you, Lord, more than we need air to breathe. We need you, Lord, in your presence in your power and so God I'm begging you this morning Lord to help us and for what you do we'll thank you and praise you and glorify your name which is above every name please Lord help us in Jesus name and for its sake and all of God's people said amen and amen you may be seated this morning may I say briefly and quickly by way of introduction it is here that John has reached out to the church at Ephesus May I say John the Revelator is writing and he's concerning that this letter is concerning their current position or their current relationship with the Son of God. Notice what John says in verse number 2. He said, of course writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, I know thy works and thy labor. May I say already this church appears to be a church that is not lazy. But they have works and they have labor. He said I even know thy patience. He said and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they, I mean this church so far sounds pretty good. Uh, they, they've got grace and mercy uh, but they're willing to stand against those uh, who are false doctrine heretics. Uh, uh, they say they're apostles but they know better. Uh, they're standing against wrong. They're standing up for right. They're working and laboring with patience. And this is what he said in verse 3. He said this church is also said that they and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. May I say this morning so far it's looking real good uh, for Ephesus, Ephesus Baptist Church I mean they're working for God they're laboring they've been patient but they've also been uh, they've also been very very clear in where they stand uh, and he said in verse number 3 he said and not only have you been doing this for some time he said but you've done it and you have not fainted in other words brother John they've continued on for the glory of God thank 
times are looking up in the church of Ephesus. I mean, can you imagine John the Revelator's writing this letter and the pastor gets up and he begins to read this letter to those in Ephesus and it starts out real good, said God the Holy Ghost has wrote our church a letter through the hand and the heart of John. And this is where they get, but the story and the letter does not stop there. Look in verse number 4. He said, all these things are good, but nevertheless, I have somewhat somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Listen to me this morning, child of God. I want you to understand something. You can cross all your T's. You can dot all your I's. You can be faithful. You can continue and faint not. You can press through the weary times. You can stand against sin. You can stand against false doctrine. You can labor and work in the church. You can be there for everything going on. And God still has somewhat against thee. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, John reveals they're doing the right thing. But somewhere down the line, they had left their first love. I say it all the time around here. And I don't ever want you to forget. Everything we're trying to do is for the honor and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to build this church and this ministry around me. I'm not trying to build this church and this ministry around you. We're not trying to build it upon what we've got to offer. Fact is, if we offered the world our best, it still would not be good enough to keep their wretched soul from dying and going straight to hell. The best that we are is men and we're men. At best, ain't none of us worth nothing. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none but doing good. No, not one. There ain't nothing good about me outside the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on January the 9th, 2000. That's the only good thing ever come out of my life is when Calvary's flow covered my soul and put my name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm trying to tell you this whole thing's about Him this morning. It's all about Him. Thou hast left thy first love. It's all about Him. John begins to Right, and he says in verse 5, Remember therefore, you've left your first love, so here's what you got to do. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. But how did they fall? The Bible said in verse 3, in verse 2, that they were working, they were laboring, they were patient. They stood against false doctrine. They told them men that claimed to be apostles they were liars. I mean, what in the world is going on? Where'd they fall? Listen, they did not fall in their deeds. They did not fall in their words. They did not fall in their acts and their actions. They fell short in their hearts. May I say, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You can do the right thing and your heart not be in it. I'm, I'm listening to me now. I could stand here and preach sermon after sermon after sermon. But if I did it the wrong way and for the wrong reason, with the wrong intention, may I say the messages that I preach outside of the Spirit of God will burn up one day. They'll not amount to nothing. You say, is it important how that we really give our all and sing from our heart in the choir? You better know it is. God ain't going to give you an A plus for effort. He wants to see the intent of our hearts. I'm trying to tell you what we've got is special, but the only reason it's special is because we're still making it all about Him. And as soon as you lose the motivation that you're going to sing and preach and come to church for Christ, we're headed down a one-way street to death, spiritually speaking. A church will dry up and die. They can be doing all the right things. But if they leave their first love, they'll die at the drop of a hand. They'll die. Not interested in dead church. And God ain't either. You think God's impressed with these 
All these committee ran, deacon ran. Dead as a doorknob, cobwebs is on the altars. Do you think God's impressed just because they get up every Sunday and go down there? He's listened to me. I'm not trying to be ugly today. It's old fashioned day, Thanksgiving, but this is what God gave me. Uh, listen, God is not impressed by us just simply getting up, throwing overalls on, and coming here. He wants to see why you came. He wants to see what you do while you're here. He wants to know how well you're willing to listen and not just not just listen and be hearers of the word, but what you'll do when you go to work tomorrow about what's being preached on Sunday, whether or not you're going to really take and digest uh, and grow in the Word of God. Uh, Paul went to that church at Corinth and he said, some of y'all ought to be teachers, some of y'all ought to be leaders, but you're still on the milk of the Word of God and you should have been on the meat a long time ago. I'm trying to tell you I'm not satisfied with the bare minimum. I don't want this thing to get, to get stale because I lose my focus on Jesus. When you lose your focus on Him, you're fixing to dry up and die. You'll dry up and die. I'm telling you, I've watched it. You'll dry, you'll die, you'll die, you'll die if this ain't about Jesus. How can one get back to their first love? Well, the outline, everybody always talks about how I alliterate. My outlines are so alliterated. And how do I do that? Listen, it alliterates itself. Look at John chapter 2. Look in verse number 5. You've left your first love. How do you get back? How do you get back to the place where it's all about Him? Y'all remember that freshness and that newness? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember when you walked around and felt like you was walking on, on hot air balloon because seemed like everything was lifted off of you and you was floating through life and you couldn't wait to tell somebody, invite somebody to church. Why aren't you doing that now? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you why. You've left your first love. You're here. Yes, you sing glory. You tie, thank you. You say amen, I appreciate it, but you can do all the right things with the wrong intentions or with void intentions and it helps you and me and God absolutely none. You've left your first love. Look at verse number 5. In order to get back in tune, so to speak, with the first love. Number 1, look at verse 5. The Bible said, remember. That, I'm going to give it about 4 or 5 seconds for some of y'all to let that hit you. Remember. Are you listening? It's going to be the simplest message I've ever preached. Remember. How do we return to our first love? Remember. Come on, somebody. Remember. What are you saying? Well, in verse 5, the advice and the counsel that's given them from Christ through John is simply one word. Remember, therefore, whence thou hast fallen and repent. May I say those that have lost their first love must remember from whence they have fallen. They must compare their present to their past. They must look at their present state and their former state. They must consider how much better it was than right now than it was then how much peace and strength and purity and pleasure that they've lost by leaving their first love. You know the most visible person on the planet? It's not a sinner. It's a saint that has left their first love. They're not in fellowship with the one who redeemed them. They're not in intimacy with the one who saved them. They're not in closeness and in love and walking daily with the one that put their name in the Lamb's book of life, rescued their soul from the dying of the damned. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to tell you, if you really lived every day of your life remembering all that God has done for you, you'd walk around with a song on your lips, a little pep in your step, something to share with the world. I'm trying to tell you God's been good. And you ought to go take a walk down memory lane and realize where you ought to be. Where you would have been. But where you are now. Because God came by. Changed your direction. Give you a new life and a new home. Remember therefore 
from whence thou hast fallen. You know what you got to do? I've said this for years. Same as close as I once was. Let me tell you something. God didn't walk away from you. I've said it for years. You want to get back where you were and then grow and grow closer and go on with God? you got to go back where you left Him. Some of y'all left him. It was somebody that hurt your feelings. That's where you left him. Some of y'all left him when, when you got in some kind of sin. That's where you left him. Listen to me. I know it's hard for our little feeble minds to comprehend this. But if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all, 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 all unrighteousness. I can't understand that. But bless God, he'll do it. He'll forget it. He'll wash it away. He'll cleanse it. It's gone. You've got to remember from whence thou art fallen. Where'd you fall? What happened? Where'd you get out of fellowship, relationship with God? Where was it? Well, I, 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 just, I just don't feel like I've done anything. Yes, God did not leave you. He said in His Word that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember therefore. I've got some things. I hope you've got a little bit of time today that I want to show you. Brother Carlos, how in the world is it possible for us to forget about the things of God? You know it's possible for you to forget things God's done for you. You know what? You can go. You can go so far that you can get to a place where you don't even remember when He saved you. Y'all don't believe me on that, do you? I can show it to you. You can go so far out that you try your best to get back to when that day was. You know somewhere, but it's gone. Are you listening? How is that possible, brother? How is it possible that God? How is it possible that you all wanted a child so bad? We heard Sister Maiden talk about it and talk about it and talk about it because it was her burden. And then God answers your prayer. How is it that there is a possibility somewhere down the line that that won't mean near as much to you as it did the first time you heard Jonah cry? How does that happen? Brother, are, are, is, is, are y'all with me? How does that happen? How do you forget? How do you forget? How do we, how do we reach a place, my family... Where, our, where my sister, our daughter, our granddaughter is flying across the sky to UK and they're telling us that she may not live at all. And we're begging God and we're praying and the miraculous happened and God spared her life. And then, Kayla, how is it that when it first happened that it meant so much, but there's a possibility somewhere down the line that it can be quickly forgotten? How is it, Brother Shelby, that you can get so accustomed to being born again? You can get so accustomed to being in the Lord's house. You get so accustomed to doing devotion with your family that you forget where you was before God led you to Calvary. You forget about you didn't have a good home. You forget about your children would have had no way, no raising, no life. You forget that you'd have busted hell wide open. I mean, how is it that people forget about the goodness of God? How? Well, are you all okay with turning just a little bit today? I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews. I'm going to show you what happens. Why we forget. Hebrews. I want to go to chapter 11 first. I'm going to show you a few things. I'm not going to read all this. How many of y'all know what Hebrews is? It's the hall of faith. So a lot of them Old Testament men and women who walked and lived by faith and God put them in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. But I want you to look at verse 1. Verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear and then it goes through that list by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith um, by faith um, 
many others here in our text. You go from Abraham, it mentions Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses again. And it goes all the way through. And, and there's several. Rahab, she's in the hall of faith. What a miracle. But she's in the hall of faith. And so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but I want you to see something. Verse 1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. May I say this whole journey with Christ started by one thing? The Bible said, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible said this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Listen, there's a time in your life that you had nothing but a load full, a heart full of faith. What happens somewhere down the line if you're not careful that faith that you had? Listen, isn't it amazing that people have faith that God can come down, draw a man, enter into his body, cut his inner man away from his flesh. He's birthed again as a new creature. Take his his, his payment and his judgment at Calvary and save him eternally. Put his name in the Lamb's book of life. Put his name in the hands of the palms of God. Make him a place in that city whose builder and maker is God. And we believe that and don't have a problem that if we ask God to save us, we repent of our sins. He does an eternal work just like that. It takes quite a bit of faith. But six months later, when you get bad news, you ain't got enough faith to even approach God. Let alone believe that He can change what needs changed. Or fix what needs fixed. Or undo what needs undone. Or do what needs done. Are you listening? We'll trust Him to cut away our soul from our flesh. Birth us. Reborn. Born again. Rebirth you into the family of God. Your inner man. Seal you to the day of redemption. Take away all your sin. Put your name in heaven. Put you a place on the, on somewhere on the city block of that great heavenly city. But we can't trust Him when we need a bill paid. Preach on Our faith keeps going down, down, down. You know what happens after you start going down, down, down your faith? You leave your first love. You start depending on the promotion at work more than Jesus. Well, it's a good place to say amen. You'll start dependent. You'll start dependent on the doctor and their ability more than the great physician. You'll start dependent on the preacher uh, to help you more than you are the God and the Savior of the preacher. Are you listening? I'm trying to tell. I've watched it. I'm a young man, but I've been in church my whole life. I have watched people's faith diminish, and it's not long. They're completely out somewhere in left field. They left their first love. Now look in Hebrews chapter twelve. How do we forget? In Hebrews 11, we see that God has gives us a great commission and a great exhortation to faith. Look at Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1. Y'all still with me? Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Look here. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him. Does everybody see that? That endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest if you lose faith in verse chapter 11, but 12, you know what God's dealing with? Focus. Looking unto Jesus. Considering Him. What happens if you quit looking? Verse 2. If you quit worrying about those who are watching. Verse 1. If you quit, if you stop laying aside the weights. Verse 1. You lose focus. Look at verse 3. Consider Him that endured such contradicting the sinners against Himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your focus. You see that? How do we ever get to a place we forget? Well, right now we've got a two-fold deal. If 
you're going to successfully do what you're supposed to do as a Christian, you've, number A, number one, got to have faith. It is impossible to please God without it. Then Paul gives us another commission. Focus. Looking unto Jesus. Look around realize we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside the weights. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith. Consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners. And if you don't, you will be wearied and faint in your minds. Something takes place in the child of God's mind when he starts diminishing in faith and in his focus. Look at verse 5. He said in verse 3, if you, don't, if you don't keep focus, you're going to be weird and faint. And the Bible said in four, verse 4, you have not resisted under blood striving against sin. And verse number 5, and ye have what? Huh. How did we get there? Focus. Weak in the faith. Your mind, your focus is somewhere yonder. Don't know where it's at, but you've quit looking under Jesus. You've quit considering Him. You've, you've lost your burden and your brokenness for Calvary. My God, Calvary ought to break our hearts somehow or another. We can sing, uh, there's power in the blood that don't faze us. That a man, a real 100% man and 100% God, God made manifest in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He really did endure the cross for you and me. What's wrong with us? That we get so selfish. We'll tell you what happens. You go downhill somewhere along the journey in your faith, your focus. You quit looking at Calvary. You quit considering Him. See what happens in verse 5? You forgot. Look, 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 at, look at verse thir- uh, chapter 13. Let brotherly, verse 1, love continue. Be not forgetful. Be not forgetful. Look at verse 3. Remember. Y'all see this? Verse number 7. Remember. Hello? God's given a charge two times in verse uh, chapter 13. Remember. 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 Remember, hey preacher, what do we got to do? How do we, how do we get back? How do we go back to the place and get in fellowship again with our first love? Number one, you've got to remember. Revelation chapter two, verse five. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Can I give you three things that remembrance will do? I may not get past this, and that'd be okay. I'm trying to hurry, but I'm not in a rush. I got something. I got something to say from God. We ain't got an evening service, so just stay patient. We'll eat in a moment. What, brother Carlos? What can remembering remembrance do? Well, what will it bring about? Number one, let me tell you what remembrance will bring about. It will bring about repentance. When you remember, brother Petty, what He done for you, the Bible said the goodness of God leadeth thee to. If you can take a look back in your mind and heart at Calvary and see them punching him and, and, and plucking his beard, putting a crown of thorns and whipping him and spitting on him and knocking him, and I mean beating him to a point he was not even recognized as a man. If you go back there and it don't bother you and it don't challenge you to get closer, it don't make you want to ask for forgiveness, you ain't never been to Calvary. You ain't never been born again. A child of God cannot go back to the place that the Lord died for their sin without having some form of repentance in their heart. Remembering brings about repentance. You know what else remembrance will bring about? Regret. Y'all remember the rich man, don't you? Luke 16. He remembered. By the way, you'll have your memory in hell. According to the Bible. If you're not saved, you will remember. Remembrance can bring you to a place of repentance. That's wonderful. But it can also bring you to a place of regret. You know what he said? Luke 16, he remembered. I have five brothers. Are you listening to me? 
Is everybody still with me this morning? I'm talking about leaving your first love. You know what remembering will do? It'll make you repent, but it'll also make you regret. I can look back over my life, my teenage years. I can I say when I remember, I can go back and remember when I left my first love and I've got regret after regret after regret after regret after regret. Brother Caleb, all because I left him. He never left me. And it put regret in my heart. It brought me to a place of repentance eventually. But remembrance will bring about regret. But you know something else remembrance will bring about? Rejoicing. I told you this is very simple. But it will help you. You want to get back in real love and real fellowship with your first love that you've left? Remember. If you'll just do some remembering, it'll bring you to a place of repentance. You'll see those, those areas you've let him down. You'll have regrets. But if you get this thing fixed, you can have rejoicing. Hold your place again. Revelation 2. I just want to show you one thing. Look in Mark chapter 16. Now, I typically don't turn a lot when I preach, but I am this week. Matthew, Mark. I want you to look in chapter 16 with me. God's just giving me a lot this week. And I want you to look in verse number 1. Now this right here, Brother Jim, it may not impress you, but it sure has me. It's helped me, son. I'm going to preach a separate message out of this. I believe the Lord's going to let me do that. Look at Mark 16, verse number 1. You know what's taking place, don't you? The Lord's been crucified. They put Him in a borrowed tomb. And uh, in verse number 1, the Bible said, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, and Mary the mother of James, and uh, Salome, or Salome, I've heard it both ways, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the, uh, the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away uh, the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And in, entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a, in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he saith unto them, Be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. Somebody say amen. He is not here. Somebody say hallelujah. And behold the place where they laid him. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter uh, that he goeth before you into Galilee and you shall see him as he said unto you. Uh, now I want you to look in verse number 9. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had cast seven devils, and she went and told them that she had been with Him. But if you go to the other the Gospels, I'm doing this quickly, you remember what Mary Magdalene thought He was when she first seen Him, don't you? She didn't see Him as Christ. She seen Him as the gardener. Now I'm going somewhere. What, what can remembrance do? It can bring about, it can bring about regret. It can bring about repentance. It can bring about rejoicing. Look at verse 1 again. Mark 16, 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, the Mary of, uh, mother of James, Salome, Salmon, whatever you want to call him, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. I, I, that stuck out to me a long time ago and I've never got to use it in a message until this week. I, I, a long time ago, I, I wondered what the significance was to those sweet spices. What was the, the, the real meaning? Why is that there? Sweet spices. You know what I found? The Bible uh, talks of these sweet spices only, only in the Old Testament. It speaks of them in Exodus chapter 25, verse 6. If you take notes, it speaks of sweet spices in Exodus 30, verse 23 and 34. And it speaks of sweet spices in Exodus 35, verse 8, and Exodus 37, verse 29. I began to look at that, and here's what the Lord showed me a long time ago. The Lord showed me that those sweet spices in the Old Testament, every account that you find them, Moses is present. And you know what they're using the sweet spices for, Brother Shepard? 
Shelby? They are using it for an offering, an incense offering, a burnt offering of praise. Every time those sweet spices are used, they are used as an incense offering to praise our God. This is what I began to read. It just, it just came to me this week in, in our text. When you leave your first love, he said, number one in, in Revelation 2, 5, remember. Remembering can bring about repentance. Remembering can bring about regret. And remembering and remembrance can bring about rejoicing. May I say in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verse number 1, Mary Magdalene and three others are at a tomb. You know why they went to the tomb? They went there to see a dead Savior. They went there to put the sweet spices, which is a type of praise. It is praise. In the Old Testament, it's not a type, it is praise. In the Old Testament, they went there with the same sweet spices that Moses used to give God praise and glory. And they went there to put it on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. In their minds, He's dead. In their minds, He's gone. In their minds, it's over. There's no hope. They don't even know. Listen to me. When they, when they, when they, they hear the word that He's risen, they don't even know who He is at first. They suppose Him to be a gardener. You know what this is a type of? Here's B message. Message B. This is a type of a dead church. Where two are, are gathered together in Why are they there? They're there for Jesus. But they ain't expecting nothing to happen. They're expecting Him to be as dead as 3 o'clock in the morning. They bring them sweet spices. You know what that's a picture of? I'm about to run. That's a picture of praise. That is praise in the Old Testament. So here's what you get, Brother Teddy. How in the world can you take a dead individual who's forgotten their first love. How can you take a dead church who's forgotten their first love? That's what this is. This is a church service. I'll tell you what will happen. Once you go to that place, whether it's individually or, or, or church corporately, once you show up, if somebody will just show up remembering, if somebody will just show up and say hallelujah because you remember where you were, you remember where God brought you from, you remember how God saved you all, you remember how God rescued you, you remember how God answered your prayer and healed that loved one. If you'll show up and you come in and it's dead as a doorknob, if you'll just rear back and praise God, it won't be long that Jesus shows up. It won't be long. It ain't a graveside memorial service no more. But the rejoicing. Why? They brought their praise to the tomb. Brought their praise. They remember. You know what? You know what I'm trying to tell you this morning. You've left your first love. Let me tell you something. If you've left him, spiritually speaking, your life you're dead as a doorknob. You're dry. And talk about being lost. And talk about your 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 dead spiritually asleep. You're dried up on the vine. What do you need to do? You need to get your spices out. I can't never preach as good as I want to. <laughs> you need to go get that costly ointment. You need to go get that alabaster box. You need to take a walk down memory lane and say, God, I don't have a whole lot to offer you, but you've offered me a whole lot. I can't, I can't tell you how good I am, but I refuse to sit back and not tell you how good you are. I can't tell you how faithful I've been, but I sure can tell you how faithful you've been. hard to sit and know that God did something for you and not get happy about it. 
So, I mean, listen, some of y'all, I've not even seen you hardly smile in a week or two. Some of you longer than that. Right. Not, well, I'm not going to get my other two. That's okay. Now I'm going to mind y'all something. Well, John, the Lord sent you here. That's what you said. Yeah. I think y'all matured spiritually. Yeah. Thank you, grown. Yeah, I have. Your wife's teaching Sunday school. Yeah. All active. Big E got things figured out, got saved. Yeah. Are you listening? You got a whole lot more to be happy about. Yeah. 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 Say all for your sad. We got reserve. We tell you where we yeah. all are. Yeah. We'll be on fire with water yeah. crawling yeah. on, smashing the teeth, yeah. weeping yeah. the weather. Yeah. Place of yeah. darkness, the bottomless pit with a worm uh, dies not, and fire yeah. is not quenched. Yeah. We got what we deserve. But Bob, I know you had a rough five or six years. But your daughter Ashley is in church. Your wife's in church. Y'all are faithful to each other. You got daughters, all three of your daughters are in church serving. God, two of them is married to a preacher. And I just think it might be Lord's will. You third one might find another one one of these days. That's right. I'm trying to tell you, God's been good to you. Yes, sir. How are you going to get snuggled up to him real close tonight? Just remember. Yes. I ain't going to get off that one word. That's how I ain't supposed to. Just remember. Just remember. Well, remember therefore. Remember therefore. Re- thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore. Remember. Remember. God has been good to you. Man, it's been a struggle, but look where you are. Yeah. Well, come here to church that loves you, needs you, and wants you. By the way, we've not changed our mind about Brother Denny. We love him, we want him, we need him.
All because of one person. Yes. One preacher. One church. One denomination. One Sunday school teacher or singing group. It was a man by the name of Jesus. I don't want to be. I don't want to leave my first love. You know a good way to stay in this thing, fellas? Ladies? Yeah. I remember what God's done in my life through him. He remembers his life through him. Here my old papa is. I don't know how long God's going to let us keep him. I hope it'll be a while. He's wanting to buy a motorcycle, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But I hope he lets I hope he lets him stay with us for a little while longer. Amen. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If this is my last opportunity to say I love you, this is my last opportunity to see yeah. and answer. Yeah. This is my last chance. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We gather together like this. Good. In the house of God. Yes, sir. I want you to know something that Because you remember getting saved. When you leave here, I'm going to remember what you remember. Yeah. And I'm going to hold on to that. One of these days, I'll see you again. Yeah. And I'm going to tell this one. Son, you might not remember a whole lot about that old five, but he's a saved man. Yeah. He's in heaven. One of these days, God forbid, he's going to be in my shoes. Yeah. I'm going to be him, and he's going to be me. Right. I'm going to have to tell him. You know, about his pack and what I remember the stories that you're telling me about him and then it's, going, it's a cycle of life and all and every bit of it and I'm telling right here you know one thing that when you look back and you remember you remember you know the one thing that you see mighty hand of God oh yes yes you reckon when God saved him that he didn't know where I was going to be 60 years 50 years later he knew just exactly he knew exactly he seen this day We'll fix it and go to the funeral home here a little bit. Oh, yeah. My grandpa's been married how long? 54? 54 years. 54 years. You don't think that's going to be hard on him? It's going to be. Right. I'm going to tell you what he's got, though. Yeah. You can remember. God brought him through some tough times. Oh, yeah. God brought him through some battles and some storms. God spared his life on more than one occasion in the last two or three years. Yeah. God's got a plan for him. He's still here. I've got a plan for him. Amen. I tell y'all something. Best thing I'm gonna try to do when I preach that funeral is just get, get him to go back down memory lane and how good God's been. Yeah. This thing ain't over. We're gonna lay my mamma tomorrow in the graveyard in Highland Park. But that's not her final resting place. Oh, that's exactly right. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. She's already in heaven. And that old feeble body one day is getting back up. Come back again. The resurrection. Come back again. It's not over. It's not goodbye. See you later. And the hand of God is in everybody. I'm going to encourage you to do something this morning. Take a walk down there. Thank you, Lord. If you've left your first love, just get on the altar. And do some of Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for Thank the Lord. Thank you for the good spirit of God here, Lord. I love you to preach. I pray, God, that you bless the invitation, Lord. Help my path on these, these days of these are living. We thank you for what you've done. Help us, please, help our church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. <coughs> Remember, oh my God's window. Remember. morning have you left your first love if you have I'll tell you what y'all do this morning
Y'all remember.